Welcome to Get to Biz, a podcast where we discuss business, spirituality, and life motivation for everyday living. We're here to help you navigate through life using these down-to-earth principles and up-to-date knowledge. Now, without further ado, let's get to biz. So um, today we have a special guest in the house with us, Mr. Sean Weems, an executive at one of the largest hotel uh, companies in the world, and he's blessed us with his presence today on Get to Biz. As we appreciate again, it, Sean. Appreciate you being there. No, I appreciate the invite. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Again, real. as we dive into motivating you on all aspects of business, tying it in with today's current events, uh, make it very applicable for you. So what we want to do here in this format is take it, evolve it into a and invite best-in-class talent. You've heard someone and I talk a lot of business principles, how I them in our lives and we apply them at, uh, in our workplace. But now you mm-hmm. get to hear someone and <clears throat> it's just a pleasure to have him with us. So we, we probably, I don't know if we're gonna dial it back not with the current situation, you know, Tony, I did introduce, you know, fake news, but I didn't send in the, the most recent stuff, you know, I don't wanna. Oh, with the cabal thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What, and, what's and what's your take of what's going on, Sean? How do you feel about, how's it been affecting you as far as with business and, uh, you know, what's your take on going on, you know, just this thing in general, like, how's it COVID in general? Life? Right, COVID. Yeah, I should have said that, COVID. <laughs> COVID's kind of turned my industry upside down, right? We, I have been in a lot of businesses over the course of my career and I've never seen an industry or a business go from whatever the flat to positive comps were to down in the 80s to 90% mm. within weeks. So that was crazy. Mm. Um, I think 2008 had prepped us for a what to expect when business gradually starts to decline. Mm-hmm. Nothing prepared us for when business hits like a light switch and just turns off. Turn right off. Yeah, yeah. So many, so many small businesses are getting affected right now too. I mean, think about how they feel. No work, they can't even open up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just to give some data points around it again, not knowing if the data point is true, given what I'm slowly learning about uh, who's reporting what, but in mm-hmm. 08, 09 comparison, the unemployment rate or, or people filing from unemployment during that event was somewhere just north of 2 million people. We're currently oh, just wow. south of 17 million. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's a big difference on how this impacts us. I talked to someone earlier today just to see, get another perspective on what's driving it up. And they said, well, keep in mind, this is one thing to note in the numbers and the metrics again. This is how news gets when news is disseminated to us, how it becomes, you know, statistical errors or things that are left out. Mm-hmm. And they told me, they said, Brian, one thing to remember is that now people who have 1099 jobs can apply for unemployment. So all your entertainers, your, your waitresses, your hostesses and mm-hmm. all this, that mm-hmm. wasn't the case back in 08 and 09. So that's having an impact on the number. But right. nevertheless, it's still a lot of people that are hurting because those people may not have had to go on the system back then because their place of business didn't close. Mm-hmm. We kept going out. We kept eating. I remember I was in downtown Chicago, went to a very high-end restaurant, and I said, how's business? How's it, 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 uh, the recession impacting? They said, it's slow, but we're busy. He said, so the difference is instead of people coming in dinner having three or four bottles of wine, 
they haven't won a two. They couldn't bat. Right. And I was like, oh. <laughs> right. And now another thing, people can apply for unemployment part-time. So like mm. a lot of people mm. in our industry are furloughed or reduced work, right? So like 50% of the time, 50% of the pay. And those people can apply for unemployment too. Mm. So like they're still getting money from the company, but they can get the unemployment too. So that helps spike the number up. Hmm, well, that's good. Now, Tom, now ask him your question a little bit more directly. I think he missed what you were uh, trying to ask. What you mean as far as uh, how is it affecting him personally? Which part? I thought you were asking him about his, about his thoughts on it, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, right. Your take, what's your take on it in general as far as, uh, you know, what it is and, uh, you know, as far as the big scare of the pandemic, pandemic type? I mean, are you... You know, initially it was... Not that we weren't, ta- or I wasn't taking it seriously, but it was like, yeah, we're going to be good. We'll take a couple of weeks off from the office. Right. They'll clean some stuff up. We'll be back in. And then it kind of just hit hard where it was like, no, don't leave the house. Right. Dude, when they canceled the NBA, I, I, I was expecting that. When, when they canceled yeah. the NBA, that was, that was the big hit for me. Yeah, yeah that hurt me too because I'm from Cleveland and, you know, I'm still cheering for LeBron and this is supposed to be. <laughs> You know, this is supposed to be the Lakers' year, so I feel like that dude can't catch a break. Yeah, but, I, I was thinking more like, I was thinking more like, I can't believe they did such a big move on canceling the NBA. You know, when I when I seen they they did that, it was like wow. You know, I was with you, like you said, like after two weeks they're gonna clean everything up, we'll be back right. to to normal. But as it kept progressing with the NBA, and it was like wow. So yeah, and I went through that. I went through that, you know, well, I'm not in the the high-risk demographic, so I'm good. I even had dinner. We went to dinner the weekend of uh, St. Patty's Day, so that's Saturday, right? It was, like, right before everything really shut down. There weren't a lot of people out, but we were kind of out there, like, you know, I'm not in my 60s and 70s. I'll be okay. Right. And it just kind of came home within a few days. Like, no, this thing, everything has to shut down. So it's been crazy. I got cabin fever. So, and then... Uh give you guys my experience which you may not what i recall about that day is that it started happening in dominoes <clears throat> a domino effect so mm-hmm. it was like major league I baseball you, canceled i thought you was gonna say it started happening when you was in domino's pizza <laughs> 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 nah man uh you know it was a, it was a major league baseball cancel then the nhl then the nba and i was getting yeah, ready to go to weird. new york for a basketball tournament and they started saying hey we're not letting fans in you bought <laughs> you your tickets already <laughs> Had every, I was locked and loaded. Had Jeez. everything set to go, so obviously didn't make it. How they, what, are they are they planning on getting you any refunds or anything on that? Or? Uh, yeah. So I I got credit for my travels and cancellation for mm-hmm. for my stay there. Uh, the game tickets they were pretty much uh, at will call, so I didn't I, I hadn't bought them yet. They were just okay. there waiting okay. for me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't out of uh, too much anything, just time and energy. Mm-hmm. But uh, also then, fast forwarding, and Sean, I know you and I had some dialogue. You also started taking this a little bit personally. You were like, wait a minute, something's not adding up. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, yeah. is, what is going on here? <laughs> and all that kind of it's, thing. Yeah, it's been kind of weird. It's like we get all this, these reports like stay six feet away. And now I think they said it's like 13 feet. And I'm wondering, are we going to get to a point to where we find out years later, like it was airborne? <laughs> you know, like it was a weaponized product <laughs> coming yeah. from some of our enemies. Like it feels like a bigger conspiracy than we. And I try not to be a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, but it's feeling weird. 
Yeah, and the longer and this, we go on this, it feels weird. In this day and age, man, it's a lot of conspiracy is coming to be truth. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of it is coming to be truth. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, me and Brian talk been talking about this a lot, going back and forth of that that same aspect of is it conspiracy theorists or not conspiracy theory or mm-hmm. not. But you know, it's more it seemed like all the evidence, and once again, this stuff we're reading, you know, connecting dots on. Mm-hmm. All the evidence seemed to be pointing that way, <laughs> you know, with uh, like this was almost done on purpose, right? Yeah, you know, Very and whether it was done on purpose, yeah, you about to say it, like, or an experiment gone bad, right? Like something <laughs> somebody slipped up and this wasn't supposed to get out, and now they're running damage control. You know, I think either way, like whether it was done deliberately or inadvertently, at some point, some body person people government somebody got to be held accountable because mm-hmm. there's some behavior that's happening somewhere that can literally take out the human race man you just know, think that like that's somewhere. and that's just one virus that's one thing yeah you know imagine how many yeah different products or uh viruses they have out there that patents that they have out there that they that's that that's not out yet you know just right. held back you know, that's a you good guys, point. You, you guys are familiar. You guys are familiar with nanotechnology at all? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, but go ahead, Brian. No, I was gonna say you bring up a good point uh, about patents. If you look at patent filings, the thing about a patent, typically you file a patent for something that hasn't been created or invented, or you're about to create or invent it. Mm-hmm. So, how is it that you have a patent for vaccines for diseases or cure <laughs> things that don't exist yet? So, how right. how does that work? You know, and that kind of thing. Uh, or, you know, these medical miracles or even, like, say, inventions or other things. So you, typically you file your patent, then kind of do the work. Or maybe you do the work and then file your patent. But it, but it's usually for something that doesn't exist. So what mm-hmm. you're saying is, like, how do you have patents for cures of viruses and things that we Right. How do they have? get a prerequisite patent before? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, before that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the way I kind of connect that's from a business aspect, I always say that um, the people that create the solution probably created the problem. So if you look at mm-hmm. back in the day, I always picked on this one the radar detector and the fuzz buster. So the speed gun mm-hmm. that the cop had. And then mm-hmm. the fuzz buster that told you the cop had a speed gun. Same. It had to be the same company. It wouldn't make it. It only makes sense, right? <laughs> Problem, reaction, solution. You know what I'm saying? Right there, right? It only makes sense right. that the same group of people made both of those things. I mean, you know, see, taking see, a, see a Kevlar vest and the bullet. Look at ele- ele- elementary that mm-hmm. sounds, but I mean, how elementary that sounds, the same people, but. I mean that is overlooked a lot you know that type of point is overlooked by the the natural layman you know that they're not taught to think like that that hey someone that invented the speed uh radar is the same individual that's trying to make money off of you know or the speed detector you know i mean it's just they're uh they're counterintuitive but they're they're made together they're made together and that's the thing about this platform when i talk about you know keeping it for the label how do you bring type of thought to everybody to apply this. Not trying to oversimplify with charts, reinforcing loops, process flow, 
these different business terms I can give you, but just really some practical things that you see every day. It's and they have they're all connected. There's that interconnection between them, and you have to say who's driving that. You know, is it truly a competitive right. forces? So we talk about markets. They always talk about competitive forces, uh, but supply and demand to me is supreme. So if you're the person mm-hmm. driving demand or hysteria, and then market, your market creator, right, and then you're giving them the mm-hmm. supply to whatever hysteria you created, you have now created a market for yourself. And why not mm-hmm. be on both sides of it? Mm-hmm. You know. And see, the challenge we're going to run into with this market and manufacturing is, especially with healthcare equipment we run into these problems and then they're finding out most of our stuff is being made and shipped from China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I do watch Trump's um, daily things when I can, because most usually it's a lot of comedy. But one of the things I found yeah, that they funny. continue to say is that, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to learn that it's important to manufacture something on the U S soil, <laughs> mm-hmm. like in 94 mask or whatever that mask is like, mm-hmm. it should probably be manufacturing and stockpile here. If it's, Big deal like that. You know, you know, you you you're absolutely right. Uh, but I always keep saying, "Who's going to take that haircut?" I remember yep, five years true. ago, mm. I was having this conversation in the barbershop. They're like, "Jobs become back from China. We need to do more here, and this mm-hmm. and that." And I hardly ever get into barbershop talk. And I talked to Tony about this a uh, few conversations ago. I said because even what we're doing right now, Sean, you, you get acclimated to this. The reason we're talking in this way, we, we're trying to make sure we understand everyone's language and tone. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a barbershop, just say if you, depending on what type of barbershop you go to, everybody doesn't speak that same natural language. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I don't mm-hmm. get into barbershop talk is because uh, too many personalities. It's too, yeah, too many personalities. And so by the time for me to get in the talk, yeah, we have to calibrate. I have to calibrate our languages and mm-hmm. signals and frequencies. And mm-hmm. we have to learn each other. And by the time I do all that, the haircut's on. It's 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't have time to, you know, level set on points of views right. and things of that nature. But this one I did talk up about. He was like, we need to bring jobs back from China and this and that, you know. As I said, I just felt like, okay, I'm going to dive in on this. <laughs> okay. and, and I said, well, what kind of job? What are you talking about? He's like, oh, you know, manufacturing, clothing, this and that, T-shirts. I said, T-shirts, huh? So mm. okay, so who's going to do these jobs? We can do those jobs here. Mm-hmm. I said, how much pack of t-shirts cost? I, like, I don't know, five, ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, so you know the average wage labor in China is something like less than three dollars a day. So uh-huh. you have two choices. <laughs> Where is it? Right. You can work for three dollars a day or less, or I can charge you eight hundred dollars for this pack of t-shirts. <laughs> Which one do you want? Right. Well, and then he said this. Well, the company can take a haircut. I said, why? Would you take a haircut? Right. <laughs> I mean, he used those right. words because barbershop, but they right. the company need to pay. But I said, why in the world would they do that? There's no right. reason for them to do that. It don't make no sense. So I remember make- a time before big box retail, because big box retail is what changed the game, right? Mm-hmm. Pricing really started to get lower once big box retail started mm-hmm. to leverage and buy manpower. Because when I was a kid, stuff was still expensive. Like there were dollar stores and stuff weren't around. You go to mm-hmm. mom and pop stuff stores, stuff was pretty expensive. We grow with nothing. And then Walmart started to get big and they leveraged their everyday low pricing through their buying power. Stuff got cheaper. And people talk about, oh, we need to have the mom and pop stores back in place to an extent, but things will be expensive because they don't, they can't leverage the same volume. Right. 
You got to mark it up way, way more. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, Sean, uh, you know, you and I have been in some of the same retail circles. And one of the things that people will say, you know, oh, the mom and pop is expensive, but then you're going over to Asia, wherever it may be. You're Mm -hmm. buying this stuff for pennies on the dollars of what you're selling it for. Why are you marking it up so much? You're talking to mom and pops, pops, mom and pops. Well, no, mom and pop can't buy on the scale that 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 a large retailer. Yeah, but they still, they still not right. I'm saying, but the mom and pops do the same thing. They buy. They can do the same thing. They can do the same thing. It's a free enterprise. No, I thought you. I thought you were asking why did the mom and pops buy that at such a low price and mark it up also. Oh no 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 no! I I was saying the thing that uh is underappreciated or missed on the average person is that anybody can go and do that. Mm-hmm. Anybody yeah. can go out and get a container. <laughs> yeah. Buy from yeah. well. We talked about that. We talked about it. Yeah. Anybody can do it. But, but then when wanna, I take the, they don't want to go through all those steps to do it. When I take the time to break it down to them and say, okay, you go over and buy 80 containers, 40 high, fill them up to capacity. Have an agent port, inspect a, it. An agent inspect it. Well, <laughs> listen that. Bring mm-hmm. those containers to within five miles of your house. You can do that. Mm-hmm. The reason Could. I mark it up because I'm making it convenient for you. Some will say maybe I'm charging you too little because look at all that work I did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that you that you either can't do or don't want to do. And maybe so to I, show some, maybe to show the average layman that that process, they would appreciate it more. And you can mark it up and pay. They're probably be willing to pay more. Yeah, and, and because so, a lot of them won't jump on the bad wagon to get a the minimum order quantity of fifty thousand, whatever, to come <laughs> get shipped in a container. So they're not going to even entertain that right. you know what i'm saying so probably just giving them the mindset of hey this is what it takes to yeah. to move one one t-shirt exactly. it's not move with mm-hmm. one t-shirt you're moving a hundred thousand at a time and you know it, hopefully it don't get lost in the midst of shipping or end up at the bottom of an ocean mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and, exactly so. it, it, it just takes what sean comments was where he was going uh about big box retailers leveraging their buying power it's because that's what the people wanted. We wanted more yes. stuff at lower prices. Wanted cheaper prices. And we didn't yep. want to do that job anymore. So right. so we kind of create this marketplace ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? And now we want to go back. Now we want to Certain go people want to go Certain back. Certain people want to go back. So. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, this is, this is, I think that time where we're going to have to ask ourselves, are you willing to sacrifice? You know, what things right. are you willing to give up? Or more people, like think we have a kind of this capitalistic and socialism, socialistic view. So I said we're fueled by capitalism, but we have socialistic ideology. Meaning that we yeah, should reach back it. and help the other other person. Right, right. So that, social, don't, that never works. Right. So we have these social programs out there right now. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have these things, you know, I talked about the unemployment rate and I started feeling bad weeks ago before the unemployment numbers happen and, and, and we talked about this I was like damn this is so messed up and I started thinking about our community in particular and I said there are going to be so many people negatively impacted by this I am I have the fortune of working from home Sean mm-hmm. you do as well so you're your own mm-hmm. entrepreneur so you're driving this and I said what about those other people that don't have the um, can't work from home and I said this yeah. is where the system fails and somebody mm-hmm. said no 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 this is where the system works there's a part of the population that is over 90 to 80% subsidized through government programs. Mm. 
whether that's mm. housing. Uh, hold on, what's this saying? There's something about it. pop up. You got to pop up too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm, so you know whether it's uh, government programs for housing, food, yeah. living allowance, etc., that will continue. So those mm-hmm. people should not feel the negative impacts of this. Unfortunate, mm-hmm. unfortunate. They just don't like being in the house. They just don't like being in the house. <laughs> so I started pulling back what I was saying, and I started thinking like, no, where this has the crunch at is in that, what they would call that core middle class. Middle class, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's where it hurts, right? That's where it hurts. Rich people and poor people should be fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you, but you think <laughs> about it. You think about it, yeah. The middle, the middle class has been holding this whole system up for the for God knows how long. I mean, I'm not going to say the wealthy don't pay taxes, but they don't pay taxes. You know I mean? It's, it's on the back of the middle class. It's been on the back of the middle class from day one. You know, and I know a lot of people will argue that, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not want to say tax the rich, tax the rich. I'm saying just become wise and understand, you know, how business is ran, how, you know, documents is signed. And I'm not talking like I'm the most wise. I'm still trying to learn too, but I'm not saying that tax the rich, but it's the middle class got to understand that, uh, find a better way to position themselves to leverage this system. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Instead of being laid on all the time. Cause like you said, you know, even the stimulus check, they, they sending out $1,200. I mean, what's $1,200 going to do? Oh, two weeks. You got to get that back. I mean, yeah. you're going to get, it's, it's just like, <laughs> it, it, the med- I, mean, I looked up the other day, the median income in the U S which I, it was pretty high. I was surprised. It was like sixty-one thousand dollars in twenty nineteen. For the median family? household, household so a household yeah. income. So that'd be household okay. Income. Household, okay. Yeah. Not surprised yeah, by that. Two the, people. Well, with inflation and all that, too. Right. Well, it's, it's thirty thousand piece if you got two oh, people. Okay. It's a whole two household. People. Okay. Okay. Basically, right. yeah. So that twelve hundred is like a, a month, Peanuts. a half a month, right. uh, two weeks. Right. So they're setting people straight for a couple weeks. And it's all cute now. We're only a month into this. It's pretty cute. You know, people, they complain about people getting together for parties. People ain't got hungry yet. Right. You know, when you, all those people who hourly workers don't have savings getting 1200 bucks and we're in the 60 days of this and people can't go back to work. That's when it gets, it gets crazy. That's when I get concerned. Like it's. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I think Brian, we were talking about that in a couple of weeks ago, weren't we Brian about. You know what? Do, what do a person do when they're in that position that Sean just spoke of? People mm-hmm. get hungry. You know, people. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, these are law-abiding c- citizens, no records. Yeah. Now they're getting hungry. So now they gotta do? feed their family. Right. right. They gotta feed their family. You know, yeah. even you know, I heard what some of the uh, you know some of my buddies are cops. You know, their mindset instead of going out there to protect when it first hit, going out there to protect the people. Wait a minute, I got a family at home. I gotta go protect. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's going to protect protect them? So it's it's almost the thing about right. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when all these people start starving, or when this yeah. when this realization comes? You know, that's a whole different pandemic. Absolutely, a friend of mine. That. A friend of mine and Brian, you know her. Her her point of view is. We need need to stay home as long as possible basically well, that's, it sounds good you missed that individual on are they 
working from home, checks still coming in, eating, working and all. from home, eating. Yeah, that, you that, know, that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're gonna stay home, and I, I, I get it because you know people got family. You don't want your family obviously to get sick and everything. And I ride the line of, man, we need to get back to work fast, like as fast as possible. And I don't, I think we need to protect people who are at high risk. Now, I'm not saying, I know the U.S. got issues. They've done concentration camps before, so that's like a sensitive thing, right? I'm not saying that, but like <laughs> people at <of> high risk <laughs> need to be protected, right? <laughs> and quarantine to a degree. But other people, we got to figure out how to go back to work because, you know, my industry in particular, we can't survive without our people that are hourly workers. We can't survive without them. Oh, so you're right. thinking about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey, you should. about my family too. A lot of people can't go back to work. You should get you in know, some of these cousin. essential businesses. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked out. <laughs> what are you saying about your cousin, yeah. John? My cousin is a bartender, right? You know, making good money. Shut down. With his background and experience, making pretty good money, but then everything shut off overnight. You know, he's not stressing right now. You know, the stimulus will come, get some unemployment, and that's good that first 30, 45, maybe 60 days, you know. But even when they turn the switch back on, a lot of these jobs, the volume won't be there to warrant everyone just going immediately back to work. Right. Absolutely. If you're an hourly worker, a server, a bartender, waitress, those restaurants ain't filling up. Right? Our hotels ain't expected to fill right. up immediately. Right. You know, because people don't have the money, right? Period. Right, you're right. It's... And they're gonna be skittish. They're gonna be like, Well, do I wanna go to this restaurant and sit so close to somebody else? There's no vaccine. You know, there's still risk of me getting sick while they may have it under control. Mm-hmm. People aren't gonna be rushing out the door. You're, so yeah, speaking right. on that, um, since your your industry you think about it differently than what I I think about my industry. Just because we're all selling stuff, but we're just in different industries. Mine has been right, classified right, right. as essential. Uh, so, right. You know, our workers are complaining about working. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so, you know, there's always a different side. Can't so, please everybody. <laughs> so what would you suggest or recommend to people in that? Like you, you have a personal connection to a uh, uh, family member that's a bartender. You also in a very mm-hmm. high service industry with several mm-hmm. brands that mean different thing to different folks. What, what would you suggest? And I, and I kind of agree, not kind of, I do agree with you that the stigma of social distancing will be around for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the properties that you guys own are partly convention centers. One of my favorite ones in Atlanta. They host a lot of events. Mm-hmm. That probably mm-hmm. ain't gonna happen anytime soon. So, <laughs> so, so, what would you suggest? Or what, when I say suggest, not that you give me advice, but what do you think people with those skill sets should try to pivot toward, or should they ride it out? I don't know because I, I don't think they they have the luxury of riding it out. I don't know what they can pivot it into, but they don't have the luxury to ride it out because a lot of these hourly incomes haven't set people up to be able to ride out very long if at all Mm -hmm. right the stimulus ain't going to help you ride it out um unemployment's not going to help you ride it out for much longer right but how do you pivot some of those skills are they transferable to things the only thing that's really going to be operational is like manufacturing shipping delivery that's still going to be big and open and available but how can you pivot 
I was a waitress or a bartender into some of those roles immediately. It's yeah, probably need, harder to do. Need new skill sets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm it, curious to what Uber's going to do with this, right? Because uh, ain't about to get him. Uber is unique, right? They live too. They are. There's no social distancing when you're in the car <laughs> with a stranger. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. looking at part of my role. My company is trying to define what this means to our digital platform, right? And I was looking at the CDC's definition of social distancing or physical distancing. They liken it to if pe- anyone outside your house, don't mess with them. Shouldn't be around mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. Especially within six feet or two meters, whatever it is. But when you're in a cab, an Uber, a Lyft, you are isolated, right? Mm-hmm. So how are they going to pivot? How is it going to impact their business? Because they established a business model we didn't know we needed. We knew we had cabs, but we didn't know we needed, you know, Uber. Now I can't imagine not having it. But how are they going to recover from this, right? People aren't really getting in cars with strangers, regardless of what their ratings are. Yeah, but you know, I look at it, I look at that. Uber is pretty much an app. I mean, I know they got overhead, but you mm-hmm. know, they're not. Uh, I don't think they. I know they're going to be affected because you know everybody got projections. <clears throat> you know, the quarterly projections. Mm-hmm. But you know, I look at it like they may not be that much impacted they might be impacted when we come back around but i'm thinking just uh so what you're saying from a PL or profit and loss statement their revenues are going to go down but since mm-hmm. their expenses yeah, they won't pretty much crowd dressed right they're not going to lose money there so right. instead of them yeah. doing x billions they're only going to do this but their profit margins are still the same because mm-hmm. they're not invested in that those heavy capital intensive assets like cars, right? People, right? Buildings. Is that what you were saying? Getting that tone about right? Because but, their, their cost like, is in the app. But right, right. But Sean asked your question. Them coming back. Everybody's coming back to doing that. Now that mm-hmm. means I think that's going to really affect their projections. Meaning that you know they're not going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to be a germaphobe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, there. I don't know. I don't know when gig economy started, but I gotta imagine Uber was like one of the first companies that really had that kind of gig economy going because it it was that supplemental income that anybody could do. It's like mm-hmm. you're a kid, you go get a paper route. You know, I turn on the app, I'm gonna be able to pick up somebody. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about like those people and changing their skill sets or doing other things on the side, Uber was a great avenue for that, but. Now is Uber still going to be, you know, eventually they'll probably recover, but immediately, I don't know. I got an Uber a couple of weeks ago and I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, for me and a couple of other people that aren't as wise and smart as you, dive into that, that gig economy. Yeah, basically it's like the economy exists of almost, they don't quantify it as hourly workers, but like freelancers or temp jobs or things where you go and do Uber driving on the side, right? That's the gig economy. I don't know why I got the term gig economy, but basically it's a temporary workforce, right? So like literally somebody that has a gig, a a side gig. Yeah, basically it's a side gig, it's a hustle, right? So it's a hustle where you- Right, they don't have anything to subsidize that income no more, right? what do you subsidize it uber has been with all their faults they have been a great avenue to subsidize people subsidize people's income and and now this kind of goes back against what i was saying earlier about the certain parts of the population that'll be fine 
because there's no doubt that those people who are heavily subsidized by government programs, they're part of the gig economy too. So that's where mm. they're going to miss out at is whatever their side thing was, whether it was a temporary construction yeah. work where they can pay cash yeah, or some other type of labor thing that they were doing. So I just want to say that for the viewers, I'm not ignoring that fact about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so that, that will be an impact to them. But at the same time, if they were doing what they was living right, they, they wouldn't be part of that heavily subsidized piece of it anyway. So I'll leave that alone for now. Because I'm sure <laughs> That's gonna hate me for that. Man, it's interesting times we're living in, bro. That's what I gotta say. It's just interesting times. A lot of shaking up. Yeah. No one expected this. Nobody, but you kind of have to wonder. So we talked a lot about businesses that are gonna struggle and lose, but who stands to gain? Amazon. You know, you know, I was telling Tona, and I'm just saying this for like it could be. I was telling I just seen I just seen they they had a ad out for seventy five thousand workers they need immediately. You're right, Amazon. Exactly. They said 150 or something. Walmart's hiring a lot of people. CBS, we hiring like crazy. I mean, I don't work for the company. I said we. I don't know who we is. But think about Amazon for a second. Outside of, you know, they came up with, uh, what is it? Their digital platforms, right? Mm-hmm. And their devices. Outside of that, Amazon doesn't make anything. Man. They're literally just a storefront that you they're, can get your actually, stuff Actually, on. they're just really a brick and mortar. They just a building and just let uh individual uh suppliers come yeah. and fill their warehouse to it's not even their products they sell <laughs> they're that they're is. selling they're moving somebody else uh yeah. one of the smartest companies they they found a balance oh, yeah. between crowdsourcing and retail so they oh, let all they let everybody else sell on their platform take care of all the problems the headaches yep. And then they just fulfill it and mm-hmm. charge you for fulfilling it. So it's like because hey. we got a friend, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about down in Dallas. That's where he started a company where his job is to help other people oh, yeah. sell on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the company's motto. It's like you got a product, I'm gonna help you get it on Amazon to sell and pay me a percent. Wow! Right, like that. And Amazon's like, yeah, everybody can sell. Matter of fact, I was, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would consider me one of his mentors. I, I didn't give him that idea, but that's what he is doing. <laughs> so that's the great thing about being a mentor when people take your lessons and teachings and then use it as a springboard. To so so you, you're saying you gave him that idea, huh? I didn't give him that idea. I equipped him with the knowledge and the tools. To think alone, the, the exactly them lines, huh? Along that stratosphere, opened up his mind. I gave him the, I don't know, he, the blue or red field, no, whichever the He hell wasn't was looking on. at that trail at all, huh? You had to lead him on that trail. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you can lead a horse look. to water and they will drink. You know, they will drink. But, uh, oh, but you know, and I, and I talk about that who's winning because, you know, Tone knows this. I had this philosophy that I subscribe to when people, you know, used to be a big thing, you know, DJ Khaled, all I do is win, 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 no mm. matter what, oh, I'm winning. And I said, should the question be, if you win it, who's losing? Mm. Because mm-hmm. there's only one way to have a winner. You have somebody to, gotta lose. Somebody mm-hmm. gotta lose. We were talking about sports earlier. 30 mm-hmm. teams in the NBA, one championship, there's 29 losers, but mm-hmm. one winner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so out of this- I know they're winning. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is winning in this space, like in this environment. Some restaurants, not anybody that got brick and mortar. Restaurants, yeah, they'll probably. Domino's delivery. How they're gonna do? Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how they're gonna do restaurants where like people are kind of close together. Grubhub and DoorDash, they should be winning. Yeah, they can charge whatever right now. Purell. Yeah. 
<laughs> For real. Scots. <laughs> so the Procter and Gambles and all, all right. those guys, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, alcohol companies. Oh, yeah. definitely. I saw something about who sales was it? I can't remember who it was. They were up like 234%. I actually ran into a guy that owns a local uh, beverage store here. He said they're doing Christmas numbers every day. <laughs> <laughs> there's a. Man, um, cheers to him, bro. A, I don't know if you guys use TikTok at all, but it, oh, yeah. for some reason I like it. Man, but there was this TikTok. Yeah, there was a TikTok where this guy goes out running during trash day and recycling bins are He was just going to take pictures of people's recycling bins every week and they're like full with empty bottles and beer cans like you've been at home. <laughs> just dump bins full of empty wine bottles and alcohol bottles. Man. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Liquor companies are making it. Man, they got to be making a killing. This the most, I, uh, most gun, wine I've industry. Oh, yeah, they're sold out. Uh, ammo ammunition gun companies making a kill yeah yeah uh, they are the mask you know, uh, the, I'm, I'm mask. wondering how some of those 3M, the, oh, 3M, 3M. Wait, somebody 3M. they were in the news the other day getting yelled at because they didn't do something what was it oh I think the government tried to put them in that uh, military production thing whatever it was oh yeah uh, the CDCPA or whatever yeah, the but, defensive Production actors, but they kept selling. The name, but, yeah. but they kept selling and exporting their masks like they normally would anyway. <laughs> so they were like, Matter. you know, three was like, hell shit, you know, hey. All right, that's what <laughs> we do. Right. Um, but then you got to think about those not so above board industries that are probably hurting mm-hmm. right now. You know, there's a lot out there. Uh, you know, this comes up every now and then on our show. So, so I, I'll say those temporary matchmakers. <laughs> those those entertainers. I wonder how does that work? Yeah, I wonder how that works. <laughs> like you can't you can't date. Like you can't. I guess you could. You can still invite them over. I seen a I seen an ad that says this social distancing distancing thing. Um, no, still flat me off thirty five hundred. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. You know, and I've seen crazy stuff around. Uh, one of the premier entertainment venues in Atlanta going virtual. Oh yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I guess <laughs> I don't know. It's like how far you think that's gonna go? You know, but hey, <laughs> right? People will find a new way, man. People will find a new way. We, we're very uh, in, in, ingenious. It, it, it would. I, it, I, I think it would be a lot of a lot of new uh, uh, genius inventions from all this like a lot of new ingenuity coming from this mm-hmm. uh quote-unquote pandemic you know a lot right. of things that we weren't thinking about you know be beginning to open up i give mean, you you bring mm-hmm. up tiktok man everybody's on tiktok now. i mean that thing that mm-hmm. that app is just going that shit crazy everybody's on it i mean they, they're home board mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know so you know i look at that too it's just you know, everybody's bringing out, trying to figure out their creativity, you know, put their creativity yeah. out there to, to get One uh, thing I like about TikTok, it's probably unrelated to COVID, but the way TikTok does their ads, I really, they really stand out for me because if you catch a TikTok ad, the first few seconds you think it's a TikTok. Yeah. Right. Like, and then you find out five seconds in, this is a Thai commercial. 
Like, what? Right. <laughs> like, How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. So you got like, me. I thought I was watching you on TikTok, and like, this is sponsored by Ty. Like, this is the way they're like, doing. The way and he was like, that shit interesting, dude. Let me rewind it and check it out again. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, what? What is this girl doing? And find out it's a Thai commercial. Like, you don't know. Like, they're ingraining their ads in a way that doesn't disrupt the experience at all. It's mm. crazy. Seamless. It's yeah, crazy. That's what's up. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is great stuff. I don't want to, uh, Sean, with COVID-19 and what may or may not be, seriously, but I think it applies from the standpoint that as a business leader, you have to figure out come late, early fall, mm-hmm. what are you going to change in your business model? Or how are you going to get mm-hmm. it back? Whether that's through your direct and, and close team colleagues, uh, whether it's those frontline colleagues as us in resale or retail, like call them, uh, or mm-hmm. is it from a company's standpoint and, and how you influence that? So how are you thinking about, without giving away any trade secrets or things of that nature, how are you thinking about preparing your team for end of summer, early fall? Uh, I, I prepare my team specifically in this business to operate like a startup because things aren't going to be clear. Everything's not going to be fully baked. It's going to be very fluid. And I hate to use that term because it's kind of like those generic terms you use in office, like a very fluid situation, but it's going to be that way. Everyone's not going to have all their shit buttoned up when they come with strategies or techniques or just maintaining their day-to-day job. But you have, they're going to have to be flexible and they can't, they can't expect things to operate traditionally how we've done over all the years we've been in business, right? It, it's going to change. This changes everything, right? It changes how people shop. It changes what we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to go through that cycle of adopting, adapting to that change. Uh, so I, I got to work really hard at keeping my team in the frame of mind of staying fluid and not expecting us to just jump back into business as usual. And for me, I think it's good, right? business as usual is boring we need to be able to reinvent ourselves and evolve right absolutely and this is an opportunity to to do it Mm. so i'm excited about it i'm just i don't know that i think some people in their career they they look for the the day-to-day punch clock you know time to make the donuts i'm gonna work five maybe six o'clock I'm going to go home and go home to my family and everything else. And I know exactly what I'm going to do day in and day out. We're not in that environment. We don't know. So, <laughs> you know, we were, we were barely there before. <laughs> so, so what do you, what do you do with those individuals that had that mindset? The ones that honestly, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, they're probably not. <laughs> oh, this is a straight setup question. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the wrong business. Right, they're probably have to, in the wrong business. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. And what we're talking about here, people, is, uh, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit. What pivot into roles that are right for you? How do you enhance right. the skill set? Or, or things to get you into a more desirable position? And what's going to happen mm-hmm. through economic strife and hardship is people going to make tough decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think you told me that once. Like, people may decide to leave the company, and that's okay. That's okay. Right. <laughs> okay. I am much. I'm a big fan of people knowing what they don't want. It just right. like I am it saves a lot of time. Saves time. Yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. Um, yeah. and, and when it's not for you, I have the utmost admiration 
for people that aren't happy with a situation and willing to do something to change it. Man, absolutely. Yeah. People that aren't happy with their situation and just keep complaining about it, I have no patience for it. You know, we had a yeah. conversation actually earlier today. What you, what you telling me that for? You want me to do something? Right. <laughs> Like, are we venting or are we trying to solution this, right? (laughs) Right. So, in in, uh, Tony, I had a conversation on what I want people to be aware of. Complacency, especially times like this, will not be tolerated. They will get rid of you. People are Mm -hmm. looking for individuals that want to grow. And solution-oriented. Solution-oriented. No matter matter what the pay scale is. Right, right. This is the time for, you know, innovators to come out. You know, people that's uh, doing uh, less of a job to come out and, you know, show their skills. I mean, I think this, you know, this is a good time for them, right? So, so yeah, so that that is uh, just some of the things on how we're all as, as business leaders and entrepreneurs looking at the new marketing and climate is how do you capitalize on the upside and protect yourself on the downside? We know there's going to be a lot of downside of things to do, but I'm already thinking about my business. Where can I capitalize on it? And one of the things I think about is just from a people engagement standpoint, I have been trying to get to a model with my team on, uh, should we be in the office every day or not? And mm-hmm. if not, what will that look like going forward? And now this has thrust itself upon me so we can kind of vet that out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't right. have to uh, be in the office. Instead of having work from home days, we have work from the office days is what I'm pushing for. Mm-hmm. And it does and it does a few things. One, this thing we talked about earlier, it still gets you push you in a position to be able to comply with social distancing. You don't have that anxiety about, geez, I gotta go in this building every day not knowing who's this or that and so forth. Yeah. So the thing that the my team or my group mm-hmm. has recognized is take advantage of this time to to uh, perfect the craft of working mm-hmm. remote. What tools do we need? What resources do we need? What things are we missing? And then, right. and then figure out how to stay <clears throat> engaged. You turn into the out of sight, out of mind. But, right. Um, but no, so that's, that's how I think about this. And then the shift gears a bit. Thanks for joining us on this segment. We would love to hear your feedback about today's subjects. Shoot us a message on Instagram at Get2Biz or email us at info at Get2Biz.com to stay up to date with all our future endeavors. This podcast is made possible by viewers like you. We hope the info given today encourages you to get up and get to biz.